Hey, I'm Wendy Tamas Robbins, and I lived with a variety of anxiety disorders for over 40 years. If you're struggling and looking for support from someone who's been there, you've come to the right place. And if you don't have anxiety, but you're struggling to understand what everyone's talking about, yeah, I got you too. I'm honored to be your host, your guide, and your coach, helping you explore and navigate all things mental well-being. When I realized my comfort zone had turned into a prison, I went on a journey to find freedom and to step into the life that was waiting for me on the other side. Now, I'm sharing everything I learned with you, the tools and the treasures that are buried inside all of us. I'm a recovering perfectionist, a professional panic attacker, an anxiety coach, a speaker, an advocate, a corporate attorney, a stepmom, wife, and now a best-selling author. Get ready for real stories of struggle and transformation that are as messy as they are magical. I'll cover mindfulness and nutrition, meditation and movement, resiliency and recovery, and everything in between. So whether it's a solo show or a conversation with one of my guests, you'll leave feeling less alone and inspired by examples of what is possible. This is my invitation to you to stop hiding and meet me here twice a month to reveal and connect over our deepest vulnerabilities so we can carry the weight together. And remember, I'm not a medical professional or a licensed clinician. I'm a small town girl who achieved big dreams while unraveling inside and then turned her anxiety into her superpower. Let me show you how to transform your anxiety from your kryptonite into your cape. So whether you're taking a drive or a walk or just a moment alone, this is your time to feel heard and held, seen, safe, and supported as we hold space for our collective struggles. This is the Perfectly Panicked Podcast. We are together, together. Hey guys, before we dive in, let me ask you a few questions. Are you anxious? Do you want to understand where your anxiety is coming from? Do you want to reclaim your peace and your power? And do you want to take back control? Or is someone you love anxious? If you're the one struggling, are you wondering, how do I even start finding freedom? And if your loved one is struggling, are you wondering, How do I even start a conversation about something I've never experienced myself? Well, if you've said yes or even considered yes to any of these questions, please keep listening because I've got something just for you. It's called the Anxiety Audit, and it's unlike anything I've ever created before. It's a game changer. I sat down and thought hard about what it was I was looking for and what I needed when I was struggling. And I was struggling for decades, so this isn't age-specific. Finding freedom from anxiety is not a one-size-fits-all proposition. We all experience it on a spectrum as far as the eye can see. This audit will help you curate your roadmap to finding freedom. The prompts provide a holistic approach to identifying your pain points, 
your triggers, and your fears. The tips I give will help you navigate through all of it to dig deep, to jog memories, to drop your armor, and to peel back the layers to reveal your most authentic and raw responses. These responses will shine a light on the work that needs to be done to transform your life. You're meant for more than managing and accommodating your anxiety. And this audit could be the first step in that journey to freedom. And if you're trying to help someone and understand what they're going through, this audit will give you the vocabulary and the perspective to reach out to your loved one with more tools and more confidence. So if you're craving freedom or you want to help someone you love, click the link in the show notes or go directly to wendytamisrobbins.com backslash anxiety audit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Perfectly Panicked podcast. I'm Wendy Tamas Robbins, and it's been a while. It's been a few months since the last episode because I took a bit of a break over the summer of 2022 uh, while I was going through chemotherapy. I was diagnosed, just as a quick recap, with colon cancer back in April, And then I had a colectomy in May where they removed eight inches of my colon, which included the cancerous tumor. And then in June, July, and August, I went through five chemotherapy treatments and most definitely needed to put my own health and wellness uh, first. And so the podcast hit the back burner for a while, but we're back because I am done. I'm cancer-free. And I'm very excited to make some really significant changes in my own life after having been confronted with, you know, mortality, with, um, with a cancer journey, which is very prevalent in this country and different for everyone. And I will talk about mine a little bit more in uh, the next episode, but I had recorded this episode, um, during my treatment on a good day. And we talk about that. Um, It's actually on EFT tapping, which is a wellness modality that I had dipped my toe into a little bit before this episode was taped and, but never practiced it, you know, as a true um, anxiety relief tool for me, but I'd always been curious And so when this came, this opportunity came up to talk to Teresa Lear Levine, who's an EFT master practitioner and energy coach, uh, I sort of jumped at it, especially given where I was at the time. So a little bit about Teresa. She is, as I said, an EFT practitioner uh, and a coach. She specializes in helping women locate and remove negative emotional blockages and limiting beliefs and turn their anxiety, panic, and just general angst into peace and clarity and positive energy so that they can become more of who they want to be, which is exactly why she named her own podcast Becoming More Me, which I love. She's also the author of um, 
this great guide called the Mompreneur's Guide to Taming Generalized Anxiety Disorder, which you can download for free on her website. Her website is Teresa Lear, L-E-A-R, Levine.com. And that will be posted in the show notes. Um, And her story has just a lot of the same words that you hear on this podcast all of the time. Fear, panic, anxiety, overwhelm, brain fog. Um, And so while Teresa became somewhat of a personal development junkie, just like me, you know, looking for relief, looking for uh, some way out of this uh, fear cycle and trying to get unstuck and find some balance, um, it wasn't until she found and tried tapping where she claims that she reversed her own self-sabotage, she removed her own blockages, and she delivered uh, herself to this place of peace and clarity. So I, I looked up EFT tapping on the internet so that I could explain it a little bit more to you, um, given that I don't have um, a ton of experience with it. So here's what Medical News Today said about tapping. Um, It's also known as psychological acupressure. It first came into prominence in the 1990s when developer Gary Craig published more information about this therapy on his own website. So you can go ahead and Google that if you want to dive in. Um, It involves tapping specific points on the body, like the top of your head, the side of your um, eyes, uh, above your upper lip. And these are essentially acupressure acupuncture points. You tap them in a particular sequence while you are basically reciting a script. Um, So while you're doing this, you focus on whatever it is that you wish to treat. And that's where the script comes, comes into play. According to EFT International, which you can also Google, um, This technique can be used for anxiety, depression, chronic pain, stress, uh, weight loss. And as with acupuncture or acupressure, uh, the tapping itself involves the body's energy meridian points, which is a concept in Chinese medicine. And proponents believe that these areas in the body are where the energy flows through. So in this theory, blocks or imbalances in the flow of energy can lead us to bad health, both physical and mental. So according to EFT advocates, tapping on these meridian points with the fingertips restores the balance of energy to resolve the physical and emotional issues that we're having. It can also work in similar ways to mindfulness as it can sort of draw the person's attention into their body and into their breath. And it can kind of serve as a mental distraction in this moment of, um, you know, acute anxiety or stress. So the bulk of the research as I'm looking into this on this, um, on this website is essentially around the treatment for anxiety which is great for us, right? So in 2016, research um, showed, actually, this review was of 14 different studies on EFT that people were using, people who were using EFT experienced a significant decrease in anxiety based on these studies. Um, 
However, at the time, the author of the studies recommended that further studies be done to compare EFT tapping with other standard treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy. So a pilot study was actually done um, that involved 10 people who took part in an eight-week program uh, of either CBT or EFT. And according to the results, both treatments significantly reduced symptoms of depression and led to improvements in anxiety. In the most recent study in 2019 involving 203 individuals tested, uh, they tested their physical reactions and psychological symptoms uh, for people attending EFT workshops. So more recently, a 2019 study involving 203 individuals tested the physical reactions and psychological symptoms of people attending EFT workshops. The majority of the people that took part were women over the ages of over the age of 50. And the researchers reported that participants experienced significant reductions in anxiety, depression, and PTSD symptoms, as well as in their pain levels and cravings. They also reported improvements in happiness. Um, there were also physical measures done as a subset of this group. And they showed improvements in their heart rate, their blood pressure, and even levels in their stress hormones, like cortisol. So that's sort of the research around it. Of course, you can, like I said, just Google this and there's a ton of stuff on the internet about it. Um, I tried tapping a few times, like I had mentioned earlier, with practitioners before my session with Teresa, which we recorded after the podcast interview. So you can actually send an email to Teresa through her website. I think actually she says her email um, address when we speak, and she will send you a link to that video if you want to see our tapping session, because we talk about my specific um, fear or difficult situation, what I'm trying to overcome. It is related to cancer. If anyone's going through a cancer journey right now, it's. I think it's about... Um, I remember correctly, um, my next chemo treatment. Um, and if anyone out there has been through chemo, I'm sure you can relate to the fact that you start to build up some blocks about going back in because uh, they are pretty awful. So it's difficult to find the resolve to just get yourself back in there physically and mentally. So we do some work there. And as I said, you can send her an email and she'll send you the link to that video. Um, I personally do feel that tapping reduces my anxiety in the moment, not long-term, but in the moment, I do feel like um, I get some relief. So when we talk about psychological blocks, I feel like that's sort of a different, um, a different set of issues and tools. And so after we had recorded this episode, I looked into a block, like where did I really feel like I could do some work? What, what area? So for me, it was finances. And I think for a lot of women, um, we are, for whatever reason, brought up or we build a different narrative and within, um, you know, social norms expectations, et cetera, for whatever reason, we have different ideas, narratives, expectations around 
our finances, our financial freedom, if you will. So that was really where I wanted to focus if I was going to dive into tapping for a little bit, for a little bit. Um, So my specific issues were asking for what I'm worth, saving money, being comfortable with having money. And what I found was I, because I had grown up in a Catholic, very Catholic um, family, lower middle class family, it was sort of that situation where if the dryer broke at the same time that the vacuum broke, you could only afford to get one fixed until a few paychecks later and a lot of yelling and tears and fear. And while I realized that we were obviously fortunate to have both a dryer and the vacuum, um, there's a, another whole psychological side to this because hearing your parents talk about their money fears, um, being told how much stress it's putting on them is very scary to a child. It adds to the feeling of a lack of safety, a lack of security. Um, and so we all form beliefs and fears around it unconsciously. And then we see them play out in our adult lives and wonder like, what the hell is going on? Because you think that you have a different set of um, thoughts or desires or plans or goals, and why can't I execute on them? Well, the first thing we need to understand is that according to today's science, we est- it is estimated that 95% of our brain activity is unconscious. So meaning that the majority of the decisions that we make, the actions we take, our emotions and behaviors depend on the 95% of brain activity that lives beyond our conscious awareness. That's crazy. So we're essentially only really working with 5% of as conscious beings. Like that's the, that little tiny bit, it's almost like a, an iceberg. We're only really conscious of that little 5% that sneaks up over the edge of the water. The rest of it is really below our conscious awareness. And it's going to take something else to really dive into those waters and discover what's going on so that we can take back control, right? So I just finished this book called Tapping into Wealth by Margaret Lynch. And it's less, for me... For me, anyway, it was less about building wealth and more about understanding these stories and the mental constructs that I had created as a child and how they lived in my subconscious and controlled my behaviors and how this is happening in other areas of my life as well, if left unexamined. So I found this work fascinating and I recommend that book because, as I said, I think that the skill that you learn the tapping, the learning how to write the scripts, the learning how to examine what may be in your subconscious and controlling and blocking many areas of your life. I think that's completely transferable from your financial life to your romantic life, to your professional life, whatever it may be. And it can just really be fascinating. Okay. So before we dive in, Just remember that EFT tapping is just an alternative treatment for certain emotional and physical conditions. It's not like hypnosis or anything scary. I mean, God, with my health anxiety, when I first heard about this, I was like, oh my God, like it's brainwashing. It's 
It's nothing like that. You can do it and feel nothing. You can do it and feel a little bit more calm. You can, you know, you can do it and stop whenever you want. Um, but having said that, I have to always give a, you know, because I am a lawyer, um, a bit of a disclaimer. So while self-treatment with tapping may help some people feel better, it's also important to seek professional help for any of your physical pain or your emotional or mental issues that you may be dealing with. So, you know, should you seek a doctor's advice before doing EFT tapping? (laughs) Maybe. Um, It depends on what you're going through, of course, right? But um, having said that, I do hope you all had a great summer. I hope that you're all in great physical health and mental health. And if you're not, that's why we're here, right? Not necessarily to have the answers, but to offer support, to share our stories so that most importantly, we feel less alone and then start to look for resources that may help us relieve, reduce, um, release all of these uncomfortable emotions that we may be, uh, may be holding on to. It may be having these mental and physical effects on us. So that's what we're here to do. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and dive into the interview. I hope you enjoy. All right. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. It's great to be here, Wendy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I know. I love um, having people on who I've never met. I never know where the conversation is going to go. So this is exciting for me. It is. So can you start with, um, I like to start with your own journey, like getting some background on what it was like to be Teresa growing up, um, when your anxiety started, um, was there trauma? What was, give us, paint that picture for us. Yeah. Happy to. So if we're going back to when I was a kid, I love that time in my life actually. And I had a, I had a great childhood, but for all intents and purposes, it was awesome. I had a house that I loved. My parents cared and, you know, were there for me. I had a big backyard that I played in all the time and, you know, friends to play in it with. And I loved being a kid. I was very creative. I, in retrospect, can really see that the ADHD was there all along, even mm-hmm. though I was only formerly, for, formally diagnosed at 42. I'm 44 now. So it hasn't been that long since it's like been a diagnosis, mm-hmm. but there was never really any question once I was in my thirties and actually kind of thinking about it more when my oldest son got diagnosed. But I just think about all the ways that my interests would just flit and float from place to place as a kid. And I, but you know what? I just, I followed my happiness from place to place and some things got finished and some things didn't. And I just kept following what interested me, Mm -hmm. but in school it would show up as, you know, procrastinating, you know, the whole, uh, kind of, you know, doing homework on the bus and doing things at the last minute and that kind of thing. But I always got great grades. So it never felt like it was a struggle. It was just kind of the way I presented and mm-hmm. I kind of accepted it, I guess, which I'm really glad I was able to do that because it could have been a lot worse and I could have been a lot harder on myself about it. Probably been harder on myself about it in my adult years with more understanding of what's really going on, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic because when you understand what's going on, you really should be more compassionate. And yet we can really like let our inner critic rip at that point. <laughs> rip. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. They uh, rip. <laughs> the, the trauma, like when I think about 
first traumas or things like my parents got separated when I was in fourth grade and that was a little bit like out of nowhere for me. And at this, the same year, our house got burglarized mm. and there was just a lot of feelings of being unsafe, you know, transitioning from a home that had, um, you know, a mom and dad in it that felt safe and secure and, you know, big dad can take care of whatever to just living with my mom primarily. And then having the house get broken into and everything else. Like that's kind of where I feel like initial traumas and things kind of stemmed from. I mean, we don't even want to go down the route of all the other things that have happened that have been traumatic in my life, but I've had plenty to process and plenty to be a guinea pig of my own techniques and things that I've been able to hone to help other people do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you talk about on your uh, on your website that there came a point when just the minute you woke up, you felt the anxiety rising up and you felt panicked and you had all of that <clears throat> to deal with throughout the day. <clears throat> excuse me, frog. Um, what did that look like for you? Um, how did that show up? Like when you were really in the thick of it and just to let the listeners know you have four sons, right? Yes. So I don't know when the anxiety and panic started. Maybe it started when you were pregnant with your first, but what did that sort of anxiety panic journey, where did that start? It probably started probably started in my early twenties when I had a car accident that, um, I had been working at a banking job that would have probably gone great places. Um, I'm kind of glad it didn't. I'm really pretty good with where I am now, but uh, no regrets. Anyway, things were were pretty good. I liked my job. Everything was all right. I got in this car accident. And then all of a sudden I'm like, not even 21 and I'm on disability, Mm. like long-term and it sucked. Like, you know, it's just not the way that I had seen things happening and it changed the lens through which I made a lot of my decisions in my twenties and including, you know, marriage and have kids and kind of switching more into like homemaker mode versus ambition. And, um, I mean, not that that can't be ambitious, but for me, it just felt a whole lot different. Mm -hmm. And then after my first son was born, he's 17 now, Um, a year later, I was filing divorce papers and, you know, going Mm -hmm. through all of that. And, um, I I met my current husband shortly after that, not wanting to, but just, you know, that's how life happens. It it gives you things when you don't expect them. And sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not, but, uh, this was an unexpected, great thing. And, you know, we've, we've been together and had three children together since then. And I, you know, as, as each child got added on, you know, you start kind of running out of arms and hands and things. And then all of a sudden you're, out, you're <laughs> yeah. outnumbered, running outnumber outnumbered, you, you know. but you know, outnumbered all by boys, you know, I'm like the only female energy in the home, even the dogs are boys <laughs> and the fish. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot. So by the time that I was having my, my third child, I could feel a lot more of the anxiety and a lot more just restlessness, little bits of insomnia and just tension, you know, snapping on the kids really easily and not really feeling fully in control of my emotional responses and just, you know, wanting things to be so differently than they were and not knowing how to make that shift. And then by the time I was pregnant with my, um, my youngest, which was like six years ago now, um, that's when like I, and when I was nursing him after he was born and everything and really not getting the sleep, the anxiety was high. 
And by at that point, I was, you know, after my third was born, I really felt the need to be more in business and do something that was more for me and everything else. But I was also trying to just shove it into the cracks of my life, which doesn't feel good. You know, I know there's all these like great business opportunities out there that you can like do it all and do this too. But like, it's, it never quite felt in alignment for me. So I was, I was successfully, you know, creating this business in fitness and nutrition and helping and mental health and everything, but it it was a lot. And I just, I felt like I was breaking like on so many different levels. And thankfully, um, you know, EFT found me and I'd kind of skirted around it every time it had found me before then it just never presented itself in a way that I was like, oh, this modality is something that could actually help me. And at the right time, it presented itself. And once I realized how much it could help me on all the things that I was struggling with, you know, um, all the reasons why the anxiety would show up and everything else, then I was like, this is definitely going to help me. And once I realized how much it was helping me, then I have ever since then used it to help anyone and everyone who (laughs) needs this kind of support too. Yeah, that really resonates with me. Like when you find something, when you find your own freedom, you can't not share it with other people that you know are struggling because you see yourself in them, you know? Yeah. And just to go back to that, you know, fitting it into the cracks of your life and thinking that that's super woman, right? So many people talk about, yeah, you can have it all. And you're such, you're, you know, you're super woman or whatever that um, ideal, false ideal means. And now for me, after having, tried that for so many years and seeing how destructive it was for me personally, that to me now reframing what superwoman actually means is taking care of myself in a very deep way that I never considered myself like worthy of that before. It was always about the hustle and working hard. Like that was my that was what differentiated me from everyone else, how hard I could work. And that had started at such a young age that I identified with it so much that I'm yeah. sure that you feel the same way, like that you, your own mental and physical health sort of falls on the to the back burner and it right. never comes to the front. But the thing that keeps us doing it, I think, is that we do end up getting results, Right. We're positive reinforcement out up and we're, we're putting ourselves through the ringer. And yet the things are happening kind of, sort of like maybe we want, but it took me until I got into really mastering EFT and understanding our energy anatomy and our chakra system to understand that when our energy is blocked, we end up manifesting things in ways that are not actually what we want. We Mm -hmm. end up, you know, maybe we really want to have an incredible business or make a certain amount of money or, you know, be able to work only a certain amount of number of hours during the week. But instead, because we're blocked in our, you know, our throat chakra, our heart chakra, or, you know, lower down into the the sacral and root areas, we end up just manifesting more work. Yeah. Not not the actual, um, the result that we were going for, Mm -hmm. but we still keep telling ourselves, Oh, we're on the right track. We're on the right track. We're on the right track. But yeah. we, it, but it's this hamster wheel. It's this like never ending, like mompreneurial groundhog day. Of right. The same thing over yeah. and over again. The universe is like, Oh, you're a worker. You're a doer. I'm going to give you more work so you can do more. Yes. <laughs> and that's yeah. right. That's not and the that's, goal. That's why I not only wanted to master emotional freedom techniques, but also law of attraction, because mm-hmm. there's so much science behind that. 
and just understanding like all the things that like so many people think appear like so woo woo that are actually like so scientifically based and work mm -hmm. wonders when you actually lean into them, trust them and put them to work for you. Yeah. And there was so much fear and so much resistance and so much tightness in my body and my energy that I wasn't allowing any of that to happen. Yeah. Oh God. And I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So that I love all of that. Let's dive into EFT. So emotional freedom ther therapy technique technique. Yeah. Techniques. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no it's better. It's better than thinking it's um, people usually get it confused with um, banking, you know, <laughs> um, what, what was EFT? Um, I'm, I'm, the banking acronym is skipping my brain right now. Um, electronic funds transfer. Oh. Sorry. I, I've had people interview me be like, electronic funds transfer? Not in this case. It's yeah, not. Not even close. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> So yeah, given that I didn't even know that, I think that's a good place to start because a lot of people listening won't know either, right? So let's yeah. start at the beginning. Well, what first, does it mean and how does it work? Yeah, people might recognize it as tapping. That's mm -hmm. sometimes more commonly used that way and or EFT tapping. And it has a lot of unique attributes about it, but it's also super logical. And like I said before, it's backed by solid science. It's it's refreshing to me. It's a, it's a technique that you can literally use to help anything that's not feeling well, feel better. And that's physical, that's emotional, that's past, that's present things that are happening right now. And that's things that we're worried about or fearful about that are kind of future paced anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, so it really opens up just like the world of whatever it is that's bothering you and a way to effectively manage or resolve it. And it combines modern psychology with ancient Chinese wisdom and brings together the use of our meridian system, which right before we started this interview, you said you just came back from acupuncture. So that's mm -hmm. using your meridian system, those points um, in these invisible channels in our body that our energy force flows through our life, essentially mm -hmm. uh, flows through to get unblocked. So when we are doing tapping, we're using like the side of our hand, which we call the karate chop point. We're using the top of our head. We're using areas around our eyes, so the eyebrow, the side of the eye, under the eye, under the nose, under the mouth, our collarbone and under our arm. Those are the basic points, which have kind of become this recipe for being able to unblock anything using those. We have bunches of meridian points all over our body other than those, but those are kind of like the magic combo that really do the trick on those things. Mm -hmm. And while we're tapping those points in you know a specific way, we are focused in on whatever the problem is that is bothering us, whatever the negative feeling is or the fear or the phobia or the limiting belief, whatever that is, we're focused on it. And we're focused on like the negative part of it. I really like that this therapy allows us to be negative. Like we live in a world where like, we're all supposed to just put on the rose tinted glasses and act like everything is awesome. And, you know, just immediately just flip it all to appreciation and everything's good. And while I totally, totally embrace gratitude, appreciation, all that kind of stuff. I feel like you have to get there in a genuine way. And a lot of times we are not there yet. And mm -hmm. it's also the same reason why affirmations fail people so often because they're trying to make this giant leap to, you know, I am healthy or I am 20 pounds lighter or I, and they're not feeling it because they're not. 
-hmm. you know, and we have to get to that point by releasing the underlying negative feelings and emotions that are preventing us from actually aligning with where we want to be and where we want to go. So we're focused in on that. We're releasing all that crap and we're feeling so much better while we do it. And I think it's a fun technique because you can get sarcastic. You can get snarky. You can just rant and just let it all hang out. You don't have to worry about if what you're saying is politically correct or nice or anything. You just express. And as you do that and you tap, you're unblocking those places where things have gotten stuck before, because that's essentially what an energetic blockage is. People like you and I could have the same experience and I don't know, maybe a dog snaps at our hands. Like we're we're petting the same dog and it snaps at both of us. And I might be like, okay, whatever. I've been snapped at by a dog before. And you might be like totally fear stricken and not process it the same way that I do. Same experience, different way of processing it. And it's when things don't process through in the way that they're supposed to, that our energy is stuck or Mm -hmm. blocked. And that is when we have those feelings of dis-ease. So I like to break that word up because people think disease has to be like, aligned with a certain diagnosis or disease, but anything that doesn't feel well in our body is a disease. So, and when we unblock that, we feel well again. So it's, it's pretty awesome for bothersome memories and things like that too, because we can feel so much different because it doesn't matter. I mean, if something happened to you decades ago, but it hasn't been unblocked from your nervous system and regulated and released, it is still living in your body in present moment time and, and presenting those feelings or those manifestations physically or emotionally, and you might not even be aware of it. Right. Yeah. I remember being so terrified of all of this work when I was at my worst, my most anxious times, there was something that I knew just, I don't know how I knew it, but I could feel that my body, like I was an athlete and I would not even stretch out. Like I knew that there were things in my body that needed to be released on an emotional, spiritual level that I was terrified of. So I wouldn't even go there. I wouldn't go to acupuncture. I wouldn't go to yoga. I would not meditate. I wouldn't do any of that stuff because it was like unleashing a dragon. You know, that's sort of the fearful vision that I had of all of it. Like, what would it do to me? It would overwhelm me in some way. Um, but as I've dipped my toe in to many of these modalities and even tapping, um, you know, there are very um, obviously safe ways, but ways to ease into them and sort of, it's almost like a, a, if you feel like a balloon that's ready to just burst, you can just release a little bit of air at a time. It's not like trying out any one of these modalities is like bursting that balloon and letting it all go at once. You know, so it's a very, very gentle technique. And, you know, when I'm dealing with people that have been through really difficult things, there's no reason for any kind of re-traumatization to happen. You know, you can go at it so gently and compassionately. And I mean, you don't even have to talk about the thing to work it out with EFT at first, if you're Mm -hmm. not ready to, you can literally just kind of put your focus there, do the work and you'll find that you're distress starts to come down because what happens when we tap is that our cortisol levels, the stress hormones reduce. Mm -hmm. So when our stress hormones are high, then the things that make us feel really good, like oxytocin, they can't be high at the same time. 
So in order to be able to make room for those things to flourish, like we want them to, we have to keep the stress hormones down. But in today's world, like we are all like on such high, like our cortisol levels are so high and it's crazy. And that, I mean, that not only makes us feel stressed, but it can lead to, you know, gaining weight and all sorts of other things that we don't want to happen because we're just in this constant stress response so often. Mm -hmm. And you know, we need to be more conscious of that in order to release that. But this works so beautifully because while we're doing the tapping, the signals are getting sent directly to the amygdala in our brain. That's that little almond shaped part of our midbrain. It's a stress center and it's not monitored by the thinking areas, the, the frontal lobes of the brain. So the amygdala is where our fight or flight response stuff gets processed and happens. So when we can go straight there, um, you know, we can calm that and release those feelings of there being danger. And, you know, it, when the, when the fight or flight response gets triggered, a lot of times these days, there's no real danger, you know, like if we were cave people still, and we were being like chased by a saber toothed tiger or something, there'd be a reason to feel that whole fight or flight thing for real. But most of the times these days, like we get triggered and our fight or flight goes into like full response and there's really no danger. Right. Like even really happening to us, we're, we're fairly safe, but it's triggered just the same. And then here comes the anxiety and the cortisol and the stress and the need to be alert and, you know, on edge and everything else. But when we implement tapping properly, we bypass those pathways that we typically access for like traditional talk therapy and things. And we get to ease the stress on both a physical and emotional level simultaneously. And that's really the key to effectiveness with EFT and, and the awesome ripple effect of positive changes that it can help create. Because when you lower resistance around one thing and you're lowering your cortisol and your stress hormones, they're lowering around everything. Um, EFT has a really, really cool thing that happens called borrowed benefits. And mm -hmm. that means that, and it works in several ways. So uh, when I work with people sometimes and they'll start a session with me and, you know, in the winter time people have a cold or something, but they're not showing up to like work on their cold. They're showing up to like work on a limiting belief or a money block or, you know, whatever else it is. And, but we still kind of take note of like, what's going on with that, that cold? Is it a head cold? You have cough, like what's, what's the pain level and noted at the beginning. And at the end, even though we didn't even work on their physical symptoms of their cold, they feel so much better. Mm -hmm. because it's, it's lowered and it's given them, they've borrowed that benefit of working on the other thing to this other area of their health also. And the same thing happens for me as a practitioner, I get the benefit of, you know, feeling better by helping other people work on things that don't have anything to do with my own challenges and, you know, stresses. So my stress lowers just by, you know, doing it with somebody else and helping them, which is another mm -hmm. reason why EFT practitioners usually are so energetic and, you know, happy and they're not run down and burn out at the end of the day, because the work that we do restores us as we do it. And is that part of the reason that you leaned into EFT versus other modalities like exposure therapy or EMDR, or is that, was that part of the attraction for you? I don't know that I really realized that was such a great benefit until I was already practicing. Mm -hmm. But I will say, you know, there's efficacy to all those methods that you mentioned, but I feel like my bag of tricks is like the most complete and non-traumatizing and effective because, you know, studies show that EFT is just, it's the most gentle and the most effective treatment for trauma. And the way that I use it, I get to incorporate, you know, elements of exposure therapy and EMDR. So I feel like it's all kind of like the best, the best of both worlds. So for mm -hmm. example, like we were working on, 
I don't know, like fear of water, fear of heights or fear of flying or some kind of a fear or phobia, we're still going to test the work that we're doing by exposing you to that thing. Otherwise, we don't know if we've made the progress. But the way to get there isn't going to be like, well, go take a plane ride and maybe you'll feel better next time. You know, it's going to be like doing the work around it and then, you know, taking the plane ride and, and seeing what comes up for you, hopefully in a much better state than you would have been beforehand. And then, you know, when things get a bit sticky with like self-sabotage or psychological reversal or things like that, then it's quite common to incorporate eye movements like EMDR. Um, the most popular of which for EFT is called the nine gamut procedure. And its purpose is to just fine tune the brain with some eye movements and some humming and some counting. And then through the connecting nerves, certain parts of the brain are stimulated um, when the eyes are moved around. And it can really help to like fully and completely clear energetic blockages that otherwise can be kind of stubborn. That's fascinating. I've never, I mean, I've, I've done some EMDR. I did EMDR after I had, um, recovered from my, um, my disorders. And it, the work was very similar to what I had done for myself in meditation, but I wasn't using the eye, eye movements particularly, but just listening to you talk about, um, almost stimulating the vagus nerve in a way to mm -hmm. diffuse that part of the brain and the amygdala and diffuse that fight or flight response in using, um, those eye movements, I'd never heard of that part before. That's really interesting. Yeah. It can really bring a completeness yeah. to around, which is what we call like when we work through a single issue with EFT, it's a round. And a round of EFT can take anywhere from three minutes to 12 or 15 minutes even. It just depends how complex you get with things. But ending that, um, and when I'm working with somebody, I kind of feel like what we need at that point. And depending on like what's left for them as far as our distress, those eye movements can really help to resolve some things. And, you know, we mentioned it before, but as far as your listeners are concerned, like I'm going to do some tapping with you when we're done here, mm -hmm. and that's going to be something that they can access so they can actually see what this looks like, because it's one thing to hear about it or to be like, oh, that makes sense. It's another thing to actually do it. Yeah. And these private sessions that I love doing with podcast hosts when we're done are really just a great way to try it for yourself, see what's going on, understand like what the movements are, what are we tapping on? What are we saying? And to see what it changes for you. Even if the topic that we tap on doesn't apply to everyone, just like I said before, those borrowed benefits of just kind of tapping along and feeling into it with whatever's bothering you can really make a huge difference. So I will definitely have that for people and they can just shoot me an email. Then Teresa at TeresaLearLevine.com put um, perfectly panicked in the uh, subject line of the email. That's really all I need. I mean, if you want to say hi, I love getting a message in the body of the email, but I know a lot of people don't have time to so just stick that in the subject line, send me the email, and then I will send you that session that we're going to do and people can try it. That's so great. I love that. And I can't wait to do it. Um, so on your website, I love this. You say that you help women in reclaiming their power, ditching perfectionism, which of course I love giving this is the perfectly panic podcast, <laughs> letting go of controlling tendencies, ending self-sabotage and procrastination, recognizing their true value and worth and realizing their visualizations and dreams in real life by taking action. So it sounds like this is a basket of common blocks that you've seen with your clients. Yes. When you're working with women in particular, it seems like that's where your focus is now. Um, was this 
a conscious choice to just work with women because you relate to a lot of these common blocks or did that, was that sort of an organic place to go because you found that EFT maybe worked better for women or it was more effective for them? Or how did that, um, how did that focus come into play for you? It was pretty organic, but I will say I do work with some, a few brave men. So <laughs> I don't, I don't exclude men from my practice, but, and EFT is universally affected. Like I said, it's, mm -hmm. it's science. So the cool thing is like, you don't have to even believe in it for it to work. Like if you do it and you're focusing on the thing and you're doing the EFT, it's gonna, you're going to have a change. And that's kind of how I address my skeptics too. It's like, you know, try it on something that's tangible first, you know, like a headache or something where you can like know that you're making a shift and that will really help to increase the belief. But yeah, I, I mean, I love working with women and those, those are common things that they're common things that came up for me. And then as I, as I did the work and became more willing to vulnerably share about it and to be visible about like, Hey, this is my issue, or this is what I worked through, or this is what I'm still working through because you know, we're human. And a lot of the things that I help people through, I still help myself through. Like I haven't like arrived at some destination where I'm suddenly free of all of these blocks and problems, <laughs> but I know how to deal with them really well. So uh, yeah, it was, it was the stuff that was common to me. I guess, you know, I have always had the feeling of, you know, it's, it's easier and you become better at helping people with things that you've been through and that you can relate with than, you know, trying to jump into something that's foreign to me. So, you know, it's, it's allowed me to, to be surrounded by a great tribe of awesome, imperfect, ambitious, wonderful women who, you know, are interested in healing and, and doing the work that it takes to do that. Yeah. So how does the therapy work? Is it, um, does it compound over time? Is it sort of a one shot for one trauma or one issue? Like you only need one session. Um, is it ever like a, do you have group sessions or, um, yeah. Tell me more about that. Like, uh, yeah. because I heard today doing acupuncture, she was just like at the end, you know, it, it does compound over time and you get more out of it, the more that you do. And I was like, that's news to me. So I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> right. Exactly. Is what is it with EFT? Yeah, those are great questions. I hope I'm going to remember all of them and answer them. So to stay, as far as the way I work, I do private work. I do group work. Um, like I have group coaching programs and with the, and I do like workshops too. And with the compounding, I guess I'm here you can, you can work on a singular problem. Like you could work on your anxiety, like right now in the present moment. And you could go from, we usually use a scale, like a zero to 10, kind of like when you go to your doctor and your back hurts or something, and they're like, I oh, rate the pain zero to 10. Mm -hmm. So let's say we're just like working on like a singular anxiety or something that you're having right now. You can get yourself very easily from like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 down to zero with, with a round of tapping that's, you know, appropriately constructed but that's like in the moment, it's like the band-aid. So mm -hmm. that would allow us maybe to get your stress and resistance down so that you could work on something deeper than that. If you would choose to, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with using EFT as a band-aid. I mean, band-aids are important. People get cut wounded. They need a band-aid for a little bit. So until they can, you know, have the peace of mind or, um, feelings of safety enough to go deeper, mm -hmm. but the, the going deeper is where the compounding, I think, really comes in. I think when you're using it um, more topically, then 
it's great. It helps, but you're still going to be triggered or find whatever that thing is that got you in that state in the first place coming up again. So when you start doing that deeper work, then it's almost like the whole like peeling an onion kind of adage where you might have a session and we might get a layer or two off. But with removing those layers, we've also exposed some new layers and some new things that we will want to work on next time. And EFT, once you get to the root of it or that center of the onion, it's not going to come back. Like it's very complete therapy. Like when you actually nail the issue, which sometimes you can do in your own work and sometimes you need a practitioner to help you get to that place, you're not going to be triggered by that thing or have that problem again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that visual of the onion because even in my own work personally and my work with my own clients and coaching, there are different things that work for different people and how comfortable they are in that session, peeling back that first layer, knowing sometimes we know what the original trauma was and sometimes we don't, right? And they're both just as terrifying or can be in the moment. And I love having this tool or incorporating this tool as a way to calm the nervous system to take that first step in, right? It's that step into the cave that Joseph Conrad talks about. It's like, yeah, we see the cave. How far are we going in today? Like, what do we feel comfortable with? And if you're just immobilized, right, emotionally in that moment, I think EFT is a great way to really just calm everything down so that you can take that initial step and then reassess as you're saying, then maybe and then you, you calm do it, it down again. again and you take the next step and you calm exactly. it down again and you go deeper, but right. it doesn't, there's, I mean, I don't know. I love personal development and self-work. So mm-hmm. for me, it doesn't, there's no bother that, you know, I could do this work forever on myself mm-hmm. or, you know, anybody that wants to keep working, but also it can be very final too. I mean, sometimes I do have clients that only come to me for like fear of flying or some kind of a phobia. And when they've worked through that, that's all they really came for and wanted. So they don't need anymore. And then I have a lot of other clients that are like lifers that are just, they love being able to use this technique whenever something comes up to get to the bottom of it and just feel and show up so much differently and so much better in their lives. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the fear of flying thing because I've gotten over my own fear of flying, which was awful. I was grounded emotionally and physically. Um, and a lot of people ask me to help them with their fear of flying. And, you know, I have my own technique, but I love that you've incorporated this for that as well. We should do like just a separate 20 minute fear of flying hit and, and talk about how we both have done it. So people can just sort of take what they want from it. Yeah. I think that would be cool because I think that that's just so sad when people can't experience the wealth of what travel brings you, you know, in this life because they're so terrified of flying. So I think it's a great gift to give to people. Yeah. I mean, it's a parallel for everything though. It's like when people can't experience the wealth of whatever it is that their life has to offer them. And at the heart Mm -hmm. of whether it's fear of flying or, you know, money blocks or limiting beliefs or, you know, fear of intimacy and relationships or visibility or whatever it is at the heart of that all is a feeling of unsafety is a feeling that, you know, something bad is going to happen if I, kind of go through with this thing. Mm. And it's getting to the bottom of that, that I really enjoy doing and helping people to really love, accept and forgive themselves through the process. And, you know, be the compassionate eyes on their own life and their own situations to really resolve what's happening inside of themselves. Yeah. I love that. Did you see my eyes light up when you said uh, like unsafe? 
because I'm so focused on that right now in the last few months, I'm like my entire life, the common denominator has been a lack of safety, whether it's relationships, whether it's the weather, whether it's traveling, everything comes down to that. I feel unsafe. And in my current situation right now, going through chemotherapy treatment, um, that's what I feel. And that's what I express. Like my husband will look at me sometimes and just be like, I don't know what that look is on your face anymore. Like before the cancer diagnosis, I could kind of read you and like the landscape has changed very much. So it's important to be very communicative. And that's the most important thing I think that I can say to him is I feel unsafe right now. Yeah. Like what, wherever I am on that two week journey for each new treatment, like that is the bottom line. It doesn't have to be more specific than that. Cause he's not a doctor. I just feel unsafe. In the minute I say it, it diffuses it because I'm recognizing it. I'm giving myself compassion and space to feel that. And it brings up, you know, that little girl that felt unsafe yeah. and, and, and those giving different versions voice. of me. Yeah, exactly. Giving her voice. So, yeah. um, so that makes me just want to dive into my tapping as well. So, yeah, uh, well, I think we found our, we found our topic. There we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> for those listening to the podcast episode on a sneak peek, we're probably going to be tapping on not feeling safe. Yeah. But, um, you know, it is, it's a, it's a common denominator for all of us. So you're not alone there. And I feel like that probably um, would indicate that for you, there's probably some imbalance or blockages in like your lower chakras, like your root chakras of your mm-hmm. energy system and things. And it does. And that leads back to a little kid, like it's kind of as far back as you can go back. A lot of that inner child stuff and those feelings of being unsafe earlier in life. And when I'm working with people, um, that are, that are signed on with me for like, you know, six or more sessions, we'd like to go back and, you know, go clear the things from the beginning forward, because it's like a domino, like a domino Mm -hmm. rally kind of thing, where if we can knock out that first instance of something that then kind of showed up in many different ways at other times in your life, we don't ever have to really work on those other instances because we've taken care of it. Exactly. And that makes this such an efficient modality also, which I think is probably the reason why I love it because as somebody who is, you know, neurodivergent, ADHD, like just, I I want everything done yesterday anyway. So like, I don't want to sit in therapy for, you know, days, weeks, hours, months, and try to figure out things or not to have results. Like I want results. Like every time I show up to do work. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair. Me too. I mean, but, um, just talking about the domino effect. I say that all the time because that's, that's how I ultimately healed myself was I needed to understand the source of my anxiety to actually go start to heal. Like I, there was always this disconnect between how can I be so high functioning, high performing, um, and, and still be unraveling inside. I couldn't like reconcile my, my outward person versus my inward person. And so that was tearing me apart at the seams, like literally. And so I had to go all the way back to the beginning. Like, where did this start? When was the first time that I felt unsafe? And that was me inside of that box. If anyone's familiar with my book and that's sort of, I created this anxiety audit that's on my website right now that everyone listening should definitely download. It's free. It's at wendytamisrobbins.com backslash anxiety audit. And I literally went through the process that I went through and, you know, posed the questions, the prompts, all of that to 
go back and do that self-discovery. Like where did this start? Where has it been showing up forever? Because when you do that work, it all, all, all of the pieces of the puzzle start to fit together in your life. You see the picture unfold in front of you. And it's like, you have this aha moment, like, oh my God, that's where it all started. It, it's all making sense now. And to your point, then the therapies that we bring in these modalities can be so much more effective, right? Because you know exactly where to focus. And then it just, it's like it pollinates all of these other issues that you've had in your life because that was the root source. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, anybody that hasn't done therapy or personal development or anything, any, just, just do it. Just start, just start <laughs> diving just start. in, see where it goes. <laughs> like I I'm addicted, but <laughs> yeah, no, right. We're like personal development junkies, but yes, um, for sure. I love it. So can you, before we sort of stop and move over to the actual tapping session. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to tell everybody where they can find you, where they can sign up for tapping sessions with you, um, where you are showing up on social media, et cetera. Sure. So, I mean, obviously shoot me that email, Teresa at TeresaLearLevine.com with the, um, with the perfectly panicked subject line. And I'm going to send you the tapping session that uh, we're about ready to do, but also you can just go to my website, which is TeresaLearLevine.com. And there you can find out about workshops that I'm running. I do free workshops. There are um, opportunities there to connect with me on social media. There's other, you know, good freebies. You can connect to my blog. I, as an ADHD person, like I have stuff everywhere because I know that like, I appreciate sometimes things written, sometimes things video format, sometimes like, it just depends. So, I mean, like you can find me on YouTube. If that's your jam, you can find me in blog format. If you prefer to read, you can hook up with me on Instagram. That's my favorite social media platform, but I'm, I'm all over the place and, you know, shoot me in. If you want to talk about, you know, actually having sessions or things, then just put that in the email that you're going to send me anyway. And I'll be happy to hop on a quick, you know, 20 minute call with you and see if this is something that fits and aligns with what you're looking to resolve in your life and, you know, see if it's for you. That's great. Thank you so much. And this has been amazing. Um, so much great content in such a short time. You certainly know your, your stuff and yeah, it's been great. Thank you. Hey, and thank you for everything that you put out there in your podcast. I, I've really enjoyed getting to know you through listening to episodes. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. All right. We're going to stop there and I hope everybody shoots that email to you so that they can um, partake in the tapping that I'm so looking forward to. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wendy. I have something so exciting to share with you. First, close your eyes if it's safe and imagine a place where you can be 100% yourself, a safe place where being vulnerable is celebrated, where showing fear and even falling apart a little is supported by people who know exactly how you feel, a place where women can come and share their common core values like authenticity and empathy connection, and community. This is Cave Club, an exclusive women's wellness community coming in March of 2023, where you'll see and be seen by like-minded women, where you'll be coached or watch others be coached while you're just a fly on the wall, with peer support groups, guided meditations, expert workshops, and even an 
Anxiety Audit Accelerator Program. Your month will be overflowing with opportunities to prioritize your self-care. Pre-registration opens November 1st, but I'm opening it early. So click the link in the show notes and submit your email address to receive more details on why it's called Cave Club, what it looks and feels like, as well as discounts and free bonuses you don't want to miss out on. So spread the word, and I can't wait to welcome you to the club. That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate, review, and follow this podcast because it all helps to expose the show to listeners in need of support who are looking for a safe place to talk about mental health, all of which helps to end the stigma surrounding it. And remember, you are not alone, and we're all in this together. We are together.